Welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I guarantee you, if you came here tonight with eyes to see, your ears are attentive to hear, and your heart is ready to receive the engrafted word of God, I guarantee you're going to leave here tonight with a word in due season that will ultimately change your life forever. If you make a decision, man, I'm going to take that word and I'm going to apply it to my life in the name of Jesus. So go ahead, lean in with me. Go ahead, lean in with me. Say, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Today, I receive my right now word that will change my life forever. Say that with me. I receive. My right now word that will change my life forever. In Jesus' name, amen and glory to God. Well, again, thank you for joining us tonight. Man, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right into the deep. And I guarantee you, man, God has been cooking this word all week long. So I couldn't wait to get here to see you tonight. And I'm so glad that you joined us in Jesus name. Now I'm going to make this declaration. Then we're going to jump right into where it is. He has me going tonight. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And the quote is Isaiah 61 and 1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain and open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn and to point unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called the trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified and they shall build the old waste and they shall raise the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities the desolations of many generations father we give you glory and we give you honor we give you praise we thank you for this opportunity in your word father we thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom but father let it be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men but in the power of the Most High God. Father God, I decrease that you may increase. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word on the tablets of their hearts. Father God, I'm expecting manifestation, demonstration, and visitation of the Holy Spirit tonight. I'm expecting burdens to be removed and yokes to be destroyed. I'm covenant with you right now. <laughs> I'm covenant with you right now that lives are restored. Relationships are healed, Father God. Broken hearts are, are, are healed tonight. The hearts are healed tonight, Father God. And we thank you for it. We believe we receive it right now. Father, I thank you that our minds will be washed by the word of God. That as a result, our lives are never again to be the same. We give you glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and glory to God. Make this confession with me. Say, this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what how I should think. It tells me how I should believe. And it tells me how I should walk. The Word of God is the most important thing. Say it with me. The Word of God is the most important thing. It's not just a good thing. It's the most important important thing because by that word it will lead you and guide you in the way that you should go you know it says in psalms 119 it says the entrance of your word brings about revelation it brings about light and it leads me and shows me the way that i 
should go. Now, I have a word for you tonight. God says this. He says, the word of, he says, the word is near you. He said, it's the word that we, he says, it's the word that's in your mouth, the word that's in your heart. He says that the word of faith, which we preach and man, we're going to preach the word tonight. And as a result of hearing the word tonight, faith will come. And when faith comes, you will hear it. And then you got to go back and hear it. And you got to go back and hear it. And you got to go back and hear it again. And, and the more you hear, what will happen is you will begin to receive what's known as comprehensive insight. Because in the beginning, it's just knowledge. But when you begin to spend more time with it, then you receive what's known as comprehensive insight. You begin to get some understanding about what it is that you read and then you can expect to receive the other thing revelation or you receive wisdom which tells you man i heard the word i got some kind of understanding about the word that i heard and now i have the ability to operate or put that word into practice in my life in order to receive the results that that word said i could have that's how the word of God works. That's how things in the kingdom of God work. First, everything with God begins with the word. It says in John, the gospel of John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And by him, or by it, or by the word, all things were made. And without the word, nothing is made that is made. So everything with God begins with the word. How did he create his world? With his words. How will you create your world? With your words. So understand this. Tonight, the word is going to come near you. It's the word that's going to be in your, I'm going to put it, we're going to get it in your mouth so it can go into your heart. It's the word of faith, which we preach. Now, you say, what's the big deal about that? Because he gave me this other word to give you. He says in accordance to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he says this. He says, but as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has ever entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for you. He says, he says this, he says, he says, your eyes haven't seen it. Your ears haven't heard it. It hasn't even entered into your heart. The things that God has prepared for those. This is the qualifier for those who love him. What does it mean to love God? You're in relationship with him. What does it mean to love God? You're obeying him. What does it mean to uh, love God? It means that you, you've accepted the love that he's given to you. And as a result of his love, it makes you want to do the things that God has, wants you to do. It makes you want to be good. It makes you want to follow after his commands. It won't, makes you want to submit yourself to the word of God. It makes you want to become a disciple and submit, come under the, the headship of our Lord Jesus Christ and submit yourself and become a student and be taught how to operate according to the kingdom of God. God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, just for you, that if there was no one else on the earth, he still would have sent him just to redeem you back into a right relationship with him. And he says, man, I'm so, I'm, I love you so much. He says, all I'm asking you to do is come and enter into a relationship with me. And he says, so that I can love, I can demonstrate my love towards you and 
as you demonstrate your love towards me he says i have plans and i have purposes and i have pursuits and i have great thoughts that i think towards you and great plans i have for you he says but you have to make a decision to come in line or qualify and how do you do that by accepting jesus as your personal lord and savior you must be born again not just say a prayer prayer is one thing but when you say the prayer what happens when you say it out of your mouth and you mean it from your heart what happens you receive the holy spirit and what does the holy spirit do help to regenerate or make new your new nature man he says but i have a plan for you i have plans you ain't you can't even comprehend the things that he has in store for you he says but he says, but for those who love me, he goes on to say, he says, but most people stop right there. But he says, keep going. He says, because if you go into verse 10, it tells you this. He says this. He says, he says, for, this is what he says. He says, for, he says, but God has revealed them. See, that even though they haven't entered into your eyes, even though they, you haven't entered into your ears, neither has it entered into your heart, the things that God has prepared for them and love them. He says, but those things that God has prepared for you will be revealed to you how by the Holy Spirit God's not trying to hide things from you he's just trying to get things to you he says he says but they will be re revealed to you to you through the his Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit searches all things yea the deep things of God God has a great plan for you say that you point say that to your neighbor say neighbor God has a great plan for your life. Turn to somebody else as a neighbor. God has a great plan for your life. Turn to one more person and say, hey, God has a great plan for your life. Be so bold and post it on Facebook and, and post it on Instagram and post it on YouTube. Says God has a great plan for your life life but you have to get in you have to get in cooperation with him you have to come in covenant with him you have to get in relationship with him because you can't understand how to operate according to the kingdom of god unless you are born again in accordance uh john chapter 3 verse number 7 jesus told nicodemus you surely truly truly i tell you you must be born again in order for you to see, comprehend, and understand God's way of doing things. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Man, that's another that's another shout right there and shut it down. But we're not, but that's another the, the shout out all the way to the from the church house all the way around the around grandma's house. Glory be to God. Now Picking up from where we were last week, we was talking about last week, man, about the uncovering the hidden strategies of the adversaries. We was talking about the uncovering the hidden strategies of the adversary and how we've been talking about over the last few weeks. God has a purpose and plan for your life. He had a plan for your life from the foundation of the world. He says in Jeremiah chapter one, before you was even formed in your mother's womb, God says he knew you. He says before you ever came forth, he said he approved you, he accepted you, and he consecrated or set you apart 
for his use. He says, so I already had a plan for you. He says, and my plan, Jesus was the one who told you what the plan was. Jesus said, in according to John chapter 10, verse number 10, he says this. He says, the thief, talking about your adversary, he only wants to do three things. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to kill your purpose, and he wants to destroy your life. What kind of life? The God kind of life that God had intended for you from the foundation of the world. But Jesus said, but he came. Jesus says, hey, that's what your adversary wants to do. But Jesus said, but he came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Say that with me. Jesus came for me to have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, he says, I came for you to have that kind of life. But what we talked about last week was, man, but you have an adversary. And your adversary's name is Satan. And his, and his description is the devil. What is it? He's a slanderer. He's an accuser. He's a liar. In fact, he says in John chapter 8, verse 44, he's not, he not only lies, but my man is the father of all lies. His nature is falsehood. In fact, there's no truth in him at all. When he's opening his mouth and he's moving his lips, you already know everything. Everything he's saying is a lie. Even if it sounds like the truth, you're going to find out tonight that some things sound a whole lot like the truth, but it's really a lie. Now, we was talking about also how this year, 2022, has been a year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection. Now, what does all that mean? Correction means that he's going to he's going to raise a standard of truth and how directions and when you receive correction it points direction it turns you in the way or aims you at the way that you should go for your protection which keeps you from all hurt harm and danger and the ultimate goal god's ultimate goal for your life for this year is to bring about perfection where he makes all things new now what happens that you have to get in relationship with it you have to get in cooperation with them a lot of people say just because it's god's will for something to happen it's automatic that is so not true it may it, it says in first timothy chapter 2 it talks about how it is god's will that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth even though people will hear the truth that does not mean they will accept it god gave you a will which allows you to choose see there's a lot of things god can do there's a lot of things he will do but the one thing he won't do is make your decision for you he will always give you the opportunity to make your own decision now what are we going to talk about tonight man you've been had what you've been had turn with me if you will glory be to god to matthew chapter 24 Starting at verse number three, we're going to be talking about the signs of the time. And when you see this tonight, you're going to understand what it means about you've been had. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples and his disciples. They've been at Mount Olive and they've been taking Jesus on a victory tour. <laughs> and they asked Jesus three questions and Jesus is going to begin to answer these questions. Now, I'm going to be reading out of the amplified version for this this part of the scripture and it says this in Matthew chapter 24 I'm going to start at verse number three and it says this it says and while he he was seated on Mount Olives on the Mount of Olives the disciples came to him privately and said 
tell us when will this take place and what will be the sign of your coming and the end the completion the consummation of this age so everybody say three questions they asked Jesus three questions and this is where he's going to begin to answer but it's, it's not only in Matthew 24 but it also goes to Matthew 24 and goes into Matthew 25 and we're going to we're going to begin at the beginning how Jesus said now verse 4 Jesus says this he said they, he's answering the question when what is the sign or indicator of your coming and what is the sign or indicator of this age? And when is all this going to happen with the temple? That's what he's talking about in the first couple of verses. So this is what Jesus' response to them was. He says, Jesus answered them and said this. Be careful that no man misleads you and misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. So the very first thing that Jesus said that's going to happen as, as an indicator of his of his coming of his uh coming and the end of this age the age of grace the church age is deception deception is going to be running rampant he says this he says be careful be mindful be alert he says because he says that no man misleads you deceiving you and leading you in to error he goes on to say he says for many will come in or on the strength of his name and he says uh, appropriating of the name which belongs to him saying this he, they'll say i am the messiah and you're going to have false doctrines and false religions and different people says this person's name is the messiah and this person is the messiah and this is the way to jesus and that is no this is the way to god and there's all kind of different ways to god ladies and gentlemen boys and girls let me set the record straight from the jump there's only one way to god i know some people that just killed elsie the cow your religious cow there's only one way and the net, and there's only one way and jesus is that way it says this in, in in john chapter 14 jesus says he says ah he is the way he is the truth he is the life no man no woman no boy no girl comes to the father except through or by him no man there's you can't give out enough you can't do enough good works your good works don't won't out, outweigh your bad works you can't pass out enough tracks you can't give away enough boom, moon pies you can't say uh, enough hail marys nothing against any of those people but the bottom line is this the word of god is the truth it is the fine god's word is the final say he says, so many people will come, uh, uh, for many will come on, on the strength of his name, saying that they are the Messiah. And they will they will lead many people astray. Many people uh, are, are, are in, in all kind of things, but very few of them are in what's known as a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because they have never accepted Jesus. Now, a lot of people believe that Jesus is a great teacher. But just because you believe that he was a great teacher, but if you don't believe that he is the son of God, it is not enough to say, I believe in God, <laughs> because even the devils believe that. But he says, but do you believe in his only begotten son? That is the key that opens up the door to get you into the kingdom of God. There's no other way except through the son 
Jesus. Don't let nobody deceive you. Don't let Oprah deceive you, telling you, you know, there's more than one way to get to heaven. There's only one way, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want you to be misled. I don't want you to get snowed in. I don't want to get you, don't want you to be led into error. And I don't want you to get to the end and find out what you thought was true is really a lie. He says, and they will mislead many. And he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. For, or trouble for this must take place but the end's not yet he says for a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and he says and there will be famines and earthquakes and place after place all this is but the beginning the early pains of the birth pains of the intolerable anguish now if you ever seen a woman who was in labor, you know that in the very beginning, she might be having Braxton Hicks contractions. And, and it's th those are false contractions. But when the real thing kicks in, and in the beginning, it, 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 it's kind of tight, but it ain't that tight. But boy, when them bad boys start coming, and, 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 and in the beginning, they, there's gap in minutes apart, five minutes, 10 minutes. But boy, when they start coming right behind the other, what is it doing? pushing a baby doing what getting the baby in position so that baby can be birthed and he's saying all these things that you're going to be seeing in the earth and have already begun to see he says those things are only the things that's going to birth forth this new age but you got to understand the adversary is remember we're talking about hidden strategies he has a strategy and his strategy is to divide and conquer divide and conquer the best way for you to be able to defeat your enemy i know even in the military the best way what they do is they plant they plant somebody on the inside and what does that person do that person goes in there and they cause division what's division what's the word division means two visions two visions about the same thing so you're going to find out what the, one of the strategies of the adversary is to divide and conquer. We talked about last week that one of his, his strategies was to gaslight you or use people to gaslight you, to do what? To try to get you to question uh, or have self-doubt about what it is you believe and to make it seem like you the one who's crazy, make it seem like you the one that don't lost your mind. And in fact, all they're trying to do is manipulate you and cause you to turn away from the Most High God. Now, in Matthew chapter 24, I believe it's verse 9, it says this. It says, after all these things is happening, he says, then they will hand you over to afflictions. What is afflictions? Afflictions is tests and trials, and he says, and, and tribulations. And he says, and, and they, some of you will be put to death. That's happening all over the world. People are being put to death for their belief in Jesus. And he says, and you will be hated by all nations. What's another word for hate? Persecuted. He says, those whoever lives righteously will suffer persecution. It's going to happen. Why? Because you're going against the, the norm of, of what society of the world says is the norm. He goes on to say this. He says, he says, you'll be hated by all nations for his name's sake. Not because of you. They don't hate you because of you. They hate you because of the fact you walking with Jesus, and this is what's going to happen, and this is the one of the biggest tragedies that we saw during the course of all this COVID-19. This is what happened, and then many will be offended and repelled 
and we begin to distrust and desert. So who are they going to repel against? Who are they going to become offended with? Who are they going to begin to distrust and desert? You will never believe this, but it happened. They will begin to be offended, repelled, and uh, distrust and desert him, talking about Jesus, whom they ought to trust and obey. A third of the people who used to say that they were was regular attending members of a church. When COVID hit, they didn't go to anybody's church. They didn't go online and watch anybody's church. They wouldn't read nobody's Bible. And they was wondering around all, they was getting lumped upside their head, left, right, and center because they left the very source of all their help. It goes on to say this. It says, not only will they become offended with him, not only will they be repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him, it says, and they will stumble. And we've seen so many people stumbling. And we've seen so many people fall away. What They not only just stumble, because what offense does, it snares you and traps you, and it causes you to stumble. It causes you to fall. And what happens? He says, not only will they stumble he says but they will begin to fall away and they will betray one another and they will pursue one another with hatred so when you become offended one of the first things you're going to do is you're going to stumble the next thing you'll begin to do is you'll begin to fall away from relationships and 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 gatherings and people who you used to be in relationship with and, and you will begin to fall away from now that fall away is not all it didn't say you was going to turn and run it says you're going to fall away which means it's something that is gradual and he says, and then you're, when you fall away, when you're offended and you fall away, it's easy for you to betray or speak against or come against somebody. And the next thing you'll do is you'll begin to pursue each other with hate. You'll, you'll, you'll be so offended that it will cause you to betray someone and you will pursue them with hatred. And he says, and then many false prophets will rise up and they will deceive many and lead them into error how did you you was once walking with the lord you was once in hot pursuit with him you was once in relationship with him you was like ooh, 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 you so so good and then all of a sudden something happened you experienced affliction you experienced tribulation you experienced people persecuting and coming against you and opposed to pushing back using the word of god you became offended with the, and you became offended with, you 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 repelled against, you deserted, and you distrusted the very one you should have been holding close to and tied to the entire time. He says, and when these false prophets rise, and they're already out here, and they will lead you into error. And he says, and the love that was once uh, uh, the love of the great body of people will grow cold. Why? Because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity, he says, but to those who endure to the end. He didn't say this was going to happen to everybody. It says some will. It, it says many will. It didn't say everybody will, but many will become uh, offended. And many will begin to distrust and desert him, because, not because of him, but because of the persecution, because of the tribulations and afflictions that they're going through. That's how the adversary begins to divide and conquer. 
We're still talking about man's signs of the time. How do you know all these things are going on? How do you know that we're in the, living in the last of the last days? How do you know? Well, turn with me over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Still talking about man you've been had. And see, if you allowed, if you was one of those ones who allowed yourself to become offended, if you became, if you begin to distrust God, if you, you repelled against him and you deserted him because of the afflictions, tests, trials, and tribulations, I want to let you know you've been had. But I'm going to show you how to get right back in right relationship with him before this is all over with. Glory to God. That's the awesome thing about God's word. Now, it says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. It says this. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and it says this. It says, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. It says they will boast of great things at as they trust the uh, trust around in their arrogant uh, pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. What? Slaves to their own desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent, haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted it, and wrapped in clouds of their deceit. They will find their dislike, they will find their delight in pleasures of this world more than pleasures of the loving God. It didn't say they didn't love God, it says, but they love the things of this world more so than their love for God. And they will pretend or they will become hypocrites to have a respect. For God, but in reality, they don't want anything to do with God's power. For those kind of people, man, psh, stay away. Miss me with all that. What is he trying to say to you here? He says, man, in these last times, people is gonna be, it's gonna be all about them. They don't want nothing to do with you. The only thing they want to do with you is to see if you can get them a hookup. If there's anything that you could do that's gonna benefit them. He says, but but that's not what it's all about. He says that it didn't say that they didn't love God. He says, but they love the pleasures of this world more so than the love of God. Just like we talked about in Matthew 24, when those people experience, see the adversary uses different tricks to get the same result. I want to divide you. I want to conquer you. So what I'm going to do for one group, I'm going to come at you with afflictions and persecutions and all kind of tribulations and to the point where you get so offended with God, you're going to be repelling against him. You're going to distrust him. You're going to desert him and you're going you're gonna to betray one another. You're going to pursue one another with hatred. He says, he says and then what you're going to do is you're going to fall away from God and then he's going to slip a, a slip a false prophet in there and begin to give you, like we talked about last week, preacher, preacher, scratch my ears, give me something good to hear. He says, and you will be led astray he said but then on the other group what i'm going to do and this is particularly with the younger generation i'm going to pump you up with so many things so many distractions that you're going to be so busy with distraction that you're going to be looking at so busy looking at this hand that you're not going to realize that he's shanking you with the other hand and causing you to fall away his ultimate goal is to get you to fall away from the one that you should trust in it goes on to say this talking about 
in Matthew chapter 13. This is talking about the parable of the sword. And this is how the adversary works. This is one of the tools that the adversary. It says this in Matthew chapter 13, verse number 20. He says this. He says, as for what is sown on thin rock soil. This is a type of soil. This is a type of person who's hearing the word of God. He says this. This is he who he, he or she hears the word. And at once they welcome it and they accept it with joy unspeakable. And then what happens? Yet it has no real root in them. They haven't really spent any time with it. So what's going to happen? But it is a temporary, inconstant, last but a little while. And when affliction or trouble or persecution comes, why does the affliction, persecution and trouble come. I'm going to share it with you. On account of the word. Why does the adversary want to get the word from you? Because he knows everything with God begins with the word. If he can get the word from you, he's already. Remember, it says in John, uh, Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, all things were made by the word and without the word was not anything made that was made so if he can come in and get the word from you he says he says if he can get the word from you then nothing that you've been trying to make is going to make he said what he goes on to say he says the persecutions the afflictions and troubles are coming at you on account of the word and at once he or she is it, it when that persecution affliction and trouble come on account of the word that person is causes that person to stumble. That person does what is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him who they ought to have trust in. And then what do they do? They begin to fall away. Did you see how he did it? All he did was, hey, you, you went to church or you heard a podcast or you watched the video and man, that word was good. That was your word. Remember, it says the word is nigh thee, even in your heart and in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. And you heard it and you received it in your heart. You begin to say it out of your mouth. You believed it and you were shouting with joy. And then persecution came or tribulation came or an affliction came to come and get the word from your heart. To get it out of your heart, because if you can get it out of your heart, then it's not going to come out of your mouth. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what's going to happen is because these afflictions are coming, because these troubles are coming, because the persecution is coming, you will, some people will become offended. And when they become offended, they will stumble and they will repel against him and they will distrust him and they will desert the very one that they should trust and they will fall away do y'all see that that is how the adversary works he sets up traps he sets up scheme he sets up opportunities to cause you to get offended he can't make you become offended you have to make a decision to become offended see a Opportunities for offense will always be there. Whether or not you become offended is up to you. It's not up to God. But remember, when he says, even if you fall, fell away, how do you come back into relationship? How do you come back into right standing? I'm so glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. 
even though, remember, he's using the word, or he's using persecutions, afflictions, and troubles to cause you to get away from the word. But how do you fight back? How do you stand? How do you come back in right relationship? Man, it's simple. The very way we started. Remember, Romans chapter 10, verse number 8 says this. The word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. That's the word which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Healed, set free, delivered, made whole. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You want to make a decision to get back in right relationship with him today? You want to make a decision, man, hey, I fell away for a season. Man, I got caught up in all the noise. Man, I let all that stuff that was going on with COVID do a snow job on me. Man, let's get it right right now. Let's get it right right now. Come on with me. Come on. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Come on with me right now. Say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the son of God I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me I believe he's put in a grave but now he's risen he's alive right now Lord Jesus come into my heart save me now I repent of sin I turn away now I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Now, what happens? What happened then? When you pray that prayer from your heart, you see, you, you confess with your mouth you, from your heart that you want to make Jesus Lord or you want to get back in right relationship or, man, you got off track and you want to you restore your relationship. Man, what happened? When you pray that prayer from your heart, when you and you said it out of your mouth, it put you back in right relationship with him. It made you and put you back in right standing. What else did it did? It positioned you back into the kingdom of God. What else did it did? It made you whole. It made you complete. Your spirit man is brand new, regenerated, and you receive the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Now, what do you do now? Now, what is your next step? Man, you got to get in a, a word-based church. You got to get in a church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God, and about the love of God. Man, we believe Ignite is a such church. So we would love to have you join us each week here at 6 p.m. on Saturdays online here, 6 p.m. on Saturdays each week. And we'd love to have you join us where we'll go line upon line, precept upon precept, and show you how to practically apply the word of God to your everyday life. Now, what else? What what happens if you're too far? What if you can't make it on Saturday? Man, they catch it on 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 YouTube. I catch it on Facebook because we'll rebroadcast the same podcast or the same broadcast on Thursdays at 6 p.m. And you can share it with a friend or you can have a watch party. Man, we love love to have more people join in and hear about this this word of God that ultimately will change your life forever. Now we also have a podcast. It's called Ignite the Number Two Life. That's Ignite. The number two life, 
podcast and you can hear this message and other messages we've already ministered and on our brand new podcast is called fresh steps for you and the whole goal of the fresh steps for you which is monday through friday at 6 p.m is to do what is to feed you with knowledge and understanding so you can order your steps according to the word of god and live your best life yet well, on behalf of Pastor Juwin and myself and the entire Night Nation, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.